Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for the written word of God that you've given us. And we thank you that you inspired holy men by your Holy Spirit to speak and to write this for us. And today, by the same Spirit, you illuminate our minds as we study Scripture. Your words are true, your words are dependable, your words are life. And the words that you speak don't come back empty, it goes forth and accomplishes what you sent it out for. We thank you that today we are strengthened by your word. And we are saying, speak Lord, we are listening. We ask that you will help us to comprehend that which is written by the help of your spirit as we live for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, today I have uh, taken the scripture from Isaiah chapter 42. Being the Christmas season, we have been talking about the advent of Christ. We are going to continue to look at the advent. And in that, we're going to be looking in particular, Jesus, the Christ of God, as the servant of God. So, the title for my message would be, Here is my servant. Um, when Isaiah uses the word servant, he uses it in one of three ways. He is writing at a time when the nation of Israel has been steadily and progressively being sinful and rebellious and unfaithful. So much so, the book of Isaiah begins with a picture of a person who has been striped from the top to bottom and there's no more space to stripe him because you know it's an imagery okay so in the olden days you know you got the cane you know what i mean there was no place left in other words god has been constantly constantly pulling them up with the help of other nations to challenge them to to bring them to to wake them up to he was doing retribution, if you like. And there was nothing left. So he was progressively going. And he says, even the, the oxen knows the master's crib. But my people don't seem to know me. That's uh, to that extent. So when he uses a servant, that word servant, and first of all, he uses Israel as my servant, who is rebellious, sinful, stubborn, etc, etc. Okay. Then the second picture he uses, when he uses the word servant, he refers to the remnant of Israel whom the Lord will redeem. Okay. And then thirdly, when he uses the word servant, he refers to Christ, the servant, who is the redeemer. Obviously, I'm going to be looking at Christ the servant 
our Redeemer and the Redeemer of the nation of Israel. Okay, so when we uh, look at this particular scripture, it begins with the words, Behold, look, look. Who? Look at what? My servant. So, this expectation of God's Christ or the servant of God, the servant of God, uh, was uh, promised and there was the, Israel, the nation of Israel had this great expectancy that uh, the servant of God, the Christ of God will come. And you'll find that David, King David wanted to build a, a, a temple for God and uh, God forbade him and uh, God told him I'm going to summarize and say, David, it's very nice of you to think that you're going to build me a house, but I'm going to build you a house. And one of your sons is going to sit on your throne, whose kingdom will be forever. So ever since then, the Jewish expectation is there will be a son of David will come. So this expectation is being carried out despite the nation of Israel going in a downward spiral. Boom, zoom, 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 zoom. Okay. They're going down like that. And, but this expectation is still there. That is why blind Bartimaeus, even though he could not see, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. He couldn't see, but he could see the one promised, the servant, the Christ, was coming. I can hear his footsteps. There's lots of commotion. Who's it? Son of David, have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Okay. So this Jewish expectation was there. And people were looking forward so much so last week we seen that Herod was he was considered as the king of the Jews even though he was an Edomian uh, uh, from uh, Esau's stock he was not a pure Jacob's son if you like he was on the throne and he was titled as the king of Israel and these guys were coming and saying where is he who's born the king of the Jews okay. so the servant whom so we this servant uh, this expectation was there for a son of David to come except that the Jewish expectation was that he'd be a king they didn't quite understand this serving business you know, very often, even in church, you know, you, you'd find that uh, people often say, uh, when you're called to serve, well, that's not my cup of tea. It's not your cup of tea. You're called to serve, full stop. You know, obviously, if you can't, you can't make me sing, okay? It'd be, it'd be detrimental for you guys if I sang. Okay, but I'm saying, but there are many, many things you can do. 
and God calls you into service and sometimes believe you me God puts you in places where it's not your natural strength in order to build your character you feel it's uncomfortable you know if you take you know uh, Moses didn't feel comfortable in many times Saul didn't feel comfortable certainly at many 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 times he said he was shipwrecked and beaten and went hungry and cold and everything else so I'm just saying sometimes God puts you in circumstances which are uncomfortable in that uncomfortableness there is a great degree of feeling of inability which forces you to have greater reliance on God to say God I can't do it but he is with you in the service to him so another thing I would like to uh, put is that when he says my servant whom I uphold my elect one in whom my soul delights so let's look at that for a moment when Jesus was being baptized the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended upon him and there was this voice from heaven which said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased my elect in whom my soul delights you know that word uh, beloved son uh, in Hebrew uh, I'm just going back to King David momentarily the name David in Hebrew is David David means son beloved okay beloved son there's a connection there can you see what I mean here saying this is my David son in whom I am well placed so here is a servant whom in whom he delights again on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured and before his three disciples again what happens there's a voice from heaven says this is my beloved son listen listen to him wow so here in Isaiah we have got these words behold my servant whom I uphold my elect one or my chosen one in whom my soul delights God delighted in his Christ and one of the biggest things for me was that God delighted in his Christ even before he had preached a sermon even before he did a single miracle a single healing God delighted in his son and I've said this uh, many many times to my sons as they grew up I always say daddy is absolutely delighted in you 
I, I don't care whether they, they got marks or they were checked out of class. Or, I'm delighted. This is my son. I, tell, I always used to tell them, you don't have to do anything to impress me. I'm already impressed. You're my son. Even till date, they're 27 and 23. When we hear that key go, Okay, and I both of us, if whoever is in the kitchen or in the room, say, Is that my son? Or we say, My son, my son. Which one? What am I portraying? I'm portraying God's love to them. You know, my mother always used to say, Alex, she called me Vinod. That's a pet name I had at home, okay? She said, you know, you're so clever. You're so clever. So much so when my teacher called me an idiot, I think she's wrong. My mom thinks I'm clever. It's important to know who you are, how much you're loved by God, and God delighted in his son, his servant. He delights in us who have been born into his family as his children, as his servants. He's my beloved, and my beloved is mine, Song of Solomon. God delights in his people. I just want that truth to sink into you. I don't know what you're going through. God delighted in his son. I am also a child, a son in Christ. A son of God in Christ. Okay. Let's look a little bit. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. I want to touch on the word, I have put my spirit upon him. Okay. Where am I? Yeah. Okay. At his conception, Luke chapter 1, 34 and 35, Mary is asking this question, how can these things be? And the angel Gabriel replies, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be the Son of God. The Holy Spirit shall rest upon my servant in whom I delight. Then at his baptism, what happened? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. In his ministry, you would find that in Acts 10.38, I think it is, where it says how he was anointed with the Spirit and he went about doing good and healing all manner of disease. Empowered by God. And at his conception, at his baptism, in his service, at his resurrection, he was declared to be the Son of God by the Holy Spirit, raising him from the dead, 
Romans chapter 1. So here you are. Isaiah says, this is the servant. The servant's name is not given, but we know he's a chosen one. He's a, a much delighted one on whom the Spirit of God is. And what did Jesus say? When he started his ministry, he was standing in the synagogue in Nazareth and he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those who are captives in prison. We sang that today, actually. Wow. The same Spirit has caused you to be born and you born again. The same Spirit brought that conviction in your heart that you are a, need, you are a sinner, you needed saving, and your Savior is Christ, who was born. So, you can say, O come, let us adore him. That same spirit resides in every believer. The seal of warranty that you are the purchased possession of God. The same spirit leads every child of God. As many as led by the spirit, they are the children of God. This is the same spirit Jesus said, Lo, I am with you even unto the end of this age. Okay. So here, I think the greatest, you know, sometimes you lose your, I don't know, there's a word, I don't know, they say they lose the spring of the step, that zest for life. And so easy from one minute you're feeling all nice and happy next minute to be completely hopeless and you can be really weighed down with stuff and you're just feeling this weight like in oh. in that moment if you can only realize that this holy spirit is with you even unto the end of this age the same holy spirit who began a good work in you will is faithful to complete it even unto the end of this age is with you then you get a different perspective of facing that same circumstance which looked despairing a moment ago so I would like you to, every day, to stop and realize, to even engage in conversation, say, thank you, God, that your presence is with me. I thank you that you are with me. You empower me. You help me. You teach me. You grant me vision. You grant, you are the wind in my sails. Stop and say, I love you, Lord. I really do. I love you, Lord. Just, I would just say, sometimes, you know, it's, it, it, you know, 
it might feel unnatural. I mean, I grew up in a culture where we never said to our parents, we love you. So I remember when I first got um, engaged, I went to India. When I went to India, Claire said, do you want to tell your mum you love her? I said, I said, Mum, and she said, what's it? <laughs> and Claire's looking at me, oh. go on then. So I said, very quickly, I said, I love you. And she said, what? <laughs> but eight, suddenly I just broke through that and I said, I love you, Mum. I love you, Dad. I look at my nieces and nephews and I say, I love you. I look at my brother and I say, I love you. My brother looked at me, hmm, what's wrong with him? But now he responds back, I love you too. I mean, I would just encourage you, we, when we were, a uh, number of years ago, we used to sing, I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. It is good to look at your brothers and sisters in Christ, look them in their eye and say, I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. Some people say, I love Jesus, I hate the church. But Jesus said to Paul or Saul, why are you persecuting me? But he was hurting the church. If you say you hate the church, you're saying to Jesus, I hate you. It's, we're going to spend eternity together. Should we just get rid of our, get off our high horses, apologize and, and say, I'm so sorry. I'm in such a muppet or whatever you call it, you know. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Let us live together. Let us walk together. Let's serve together. Let's worship together. Oh, come let us worship him. Okay. Here we have God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. I love it. Because I'm a Gentile. How did he bring justice to me? He who knew no sin was made sin on account of us. Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he says, what was given to me I faithfully passed on to you. Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was raised, was buried and raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This is how he saved me. If, you know, when you say that word justice, it's bringing lit litigation to judge. But I have passed from death to life. You have passed from death to life. All the charges that stood against you the case is closed. 
you are acquitted you're free to go and do what to serve him to worship him with your lives he will not cry out or raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street in those days like today you know some people make a lot of noise to show i am the leader you know i am the leader you understand i'm the leader you follow me or in some kind of home situations sometimes people are just raise the what do you call yeah they yeah it gets to the gets to the head the strutting trying to show power but he's not like that he's not going to cry out or raise his voice you know um why his kingdom is different from the kingdoms of this world when he stood before pilate he said my kingdom is not of this realm my kingdom is not of this world if it were it would be a different thing and he is your king and we are subjects of that king next verse a bruised reed he will not break a smoking flax he will not quench in this instance israel is a bruised reed and israel was a smoking flax bruised by what bruised by sin bruised by oppression they were facing and in that bruising there's a need for healing and that comes from the servant smoking flax a uh, flax is from which they make the wick in the lamps in the times in the olden times in israel so it used to be a clay clay thing they used to pour olive oil and they had their wick made of flax and you light it and this flax uh, the wick will draw the oil up and it will start burning but when you turn it off and you want to relight it actually you need to cut it either flat or pointed so you relight it otherwise there is a little bit of science here carbon dioxide is carbonous deposited on the wick and therefore it becomes a smoking flax it's not very pleasant to be around in my childhood i did have lots of power cuts and we had paraffin lamps at home in order to do homework and uh, sometimes we had the wick had lots of black soot and it created them so it's almost like the impurity israel was a bruised street israel was a smoke smoking flax it wasn't very pleasant because of impurity and he's saying i will not break you israel 
I'll not quench you, Israel. I will redeem you, Israel. Now I'm just going to extend that to us. In your brokenness. When the Holy Spirit comes, what does he do? He convicts us of sin, of righteousness and judgment. So, in that brokenness, you come to the Saviour, the Christ, the, the, the servant of God, to heal you, to remove you of your impurity, that you might be whole again for him. He'll bring forth justice for truth and he will not fail or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth and the coastland shall wait for his law. Coastlands. It, one way of saying ends of the earth. I've heard a British commentator say, that's, I, that's us British Isles. Okay, which is also good. We have the ends of the earth in one sense, yeah. So, the ends of the earth, and he says, they wait for his law. And uh, if you go and look at it, it says Torah. And uh, if you went to a synagogue, uh, when you look at the scroll, they have got the, they got something called the Yod. Yod is the Y-A-D, which is like the, you know, in the old computers, do we still have this little thingy? Pointer. Uh, on the screen, do you have that when you move your mouse, it goes. But the Yod had a finger attached, it's usually made of silver. They don't like to touch the scripture. So they go like this because they don't want to defile the scripture and they're reading not this way they read from there to there yeah 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 what they're doing is the scripture is pointing the way is giving you instruction to life jesus said i am the way the truth and the life. The scripture is about him. Jesus on the road to Emmaus. What did he do to his disciples when he joined them? He, what did he say to them? Beginning at Moses. Beginning at Moses. He was pointing the way. So. The coastlands were waiting for instruction those who were far far away like Zebulun and Naphtali as well the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light a light has dawned that is why sometimes in our conversion stories is suddenly my lights went on now I see. I was blind, but now I see. My lights went on. My burden is lifted and I am free. Wow. That burden is the wages of my sin. All the things I've done wrong in the past, present, probably in the future. I don't want to, but a human, 
all of those things have been atoned for and today he is a priest forever to whom I go and make my confession and I am free there's a song like I'm free at last I'm free at last it's great to be free I had a friend called Ade Ade Dial he used to go in and out of Her Majesty's service and one day I picked him up at uh, Wandsworth prison he came I picked him up he came out and he just kissed the ground and he said oh, Alex I'm free I'm free I'm free I'm free I've been to the court when a case is when a person has been acquitted, shouts of elation and freedom. It is for freedom Christ has set you free. You're no longer yoked to slavery. Free to do what? Free to worship him. Oh come, let us worship him. Oh come, let us serve him. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand and I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people and he did Jesus is the mediator of our covenant so much so apostle Paul writing to Timothy says there is one mediator between man and God the man Christ Jesus there is no other name under heaven by which man can be saved this Christmas season remember Christ, the servant of God, has come. And he has shown us the way. He is the way. And a way is to be trodden on. A way is to be walked on. So it's not one of those things like you say, I made a decision whenever, I don't know, you guys, some of 2012 I gave my life to Jesus or 1974 or whatever or 19 I don't know Mike probably 19 you know whatever it is an ongoing journey with him so I want to encourage him and he says as a light to the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the prison those who sit in darkness from the prison house we already looked at that scripture. I am the Lord, that's my name, and my glory I'll give to no other, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, new things I declare. As I said, the 700 plus years before Christ came, friends, Christ is come. Christ is risen. If Christ 
has come into your hearts and Christ is risen in your hearts and as lights have gone on, then Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you so much for your servant, the servant, the elect one, in whom you delight, on whom you poured out your spirit, who is our covenant, who is our mediator. And we thank you that we who were in the far off coastlands have heard your instruction and today we long and live by your instruction. Your word is like honey on my lips and my heart, my soul pangs like a deer pangs for the water brook. So my soul longs after you, Jesus, my Lord, my Saviour. Thank you, Father, for Jesus the Christ. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives in us and empowers us as we traverse through life. We thank you that you're with us at every twist and every turn and in which we walk with you, walking all the way, just like Enoch walked with God and was not. We walk unto eternity to be with you forever. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mike is going to come and serve uh, the communion for us and then we'll have some more worship. <laughs>